Psalm 122, a song of ascents of David. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firm together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. There thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Father God, we do thank you that we are gathered here uh, to worship you, to praise you, and to thank you. So we ask now, Lord, that you would just bless us with uh, the preaching of this word. So this is the, uh, the third psalm in the series uh, since we started. Psalm 120 uh, was the first psalm of ascent, and this is the third one, uh, Psalm 122. And uh, we see here that, that we're going to look at the aspects of worship here that David is speaking about. And as we start here, we, we see that David is filled with thankful joy. He has a thank-filled joy when he says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. You know, David gives voice to the Israelites <clears throat> who were excited to begin their pilgrimages to Jerusalem to worship God. If you remember back in uh, Psalm 120, they were in a far-off land and they were looking forward to the journey. They were looking forward to go. You know, I almost decided to put a joke in here about being in Holdridge and being a far-off land, <clears throat> but I digress. Um, they're in a far-off land. They were among pagans. They were not in a place where they could experience the blessings of the Lord and his community together. So they were looking forward to going, and it's almost like the, the, uh, David is speaking here of the farmer or the shepherd that's saying to his family, we are going to the house of God as they start the journey. And then here in this first two verses, he, he's, they've arrived and he says, it's almost like he's saying, I can't believe this. We are now in Jerusalem. We are where our God dwells, where the temple is. We are here with the gathered people, with his children. And I cannot believe that we are here to worship God. He is thank-filled and joyful in this moment. Again, we should be experiencing this exact same thing. We should be thank-filled and full of joy when we consider gathering together to worship our Redeemer and Lord. We've been redeemed by this amazing, providential, sovereign God who cares for us as a father. Now, this is where true worship exudes from joy. And when we get this right, we don't just worship once a week here together. We worship all the time. And really, we can't look at these two verses without asking a couple of questions. What joy rules our hearts? What joy do we live in pursuit of? What brings us the deepest joys that we experience? Is it the joy of worship 
that is propelled by knowing the grace that God has lavished upon us. It is truly a tragedy when we grow accustomed to that grace. When we don't even recognize the awe and the wonder that the grace of God is. What a tragedy when we begin to think that somehow we deserve our position before God. We must remember that our only standing before God is in His amazing grace. And when we do that, we will have thank-filled joy. Amen? Amen. Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. So continuing on, let's look at verses 3 through 5. It says, Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Now, this is a celebration of the security of the city. The, the city is built firm. It is together. This is where all of the tribes have come together. This is a place where the king is. This is a place where the king, who's appointed by God, sits to judge. But I want to look at the little phrase in the middle, as was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. You know, again, worship flows out of our thankful joy for what God has done for us. But we were, excuse me, but worship is also an acknowledgement of duty. It was important that the Israelites recognize that they had been redeemed by the Lord, that their lives were no longer their own, and that their responsibility was to offer to God the worship that was due his name. This was his decree here, and it was the decree from the, uh, the decree from the very beginning. You know, as humans, we are created for worship. God created us with that purpose. So by nature, we are worshipers. And if we are not worshiping God, we are giving our worship to something else or someone else. There are only two options. Either our life is structured around our worship and service to our creator God, or it is structured around the worship of his creation. You see, if we are worshiping his creation, wow, the trajectory is off, is it not? We see Romans 1 and the depravity of man being lived out right before our eyes in full display. But worship of God aligns and directs everything that we do that leads us to even more worship of God. We should look at ourselves and say, I'm not my own. I have been bought with a price. I am God's. My personality, my passions, my strength, my tongue, my mouth, the members of my body, my family, my money, my house, my possessions, everything I have are his. All of my strengths, all of my belongings belong to him. You know, that is the worship that sets the trajectory we most desperately need in this life. 
I have breath and I have life for his glory. And all the physical glories of this created world are meant to do one thing, and that's to point us to the truly glorious, his glory. It is his degree, or excuse me, it is his decree and our duty. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. You shall have no other gods before me. I found this quote by Eugene Peterson. I don't normally quote him. But he was speaking of John Calvin's quote about the human heart being a factory of idols. And I thought he, he said something here that uh, emphasized the point. He said, John Calvin saw the human heart as a relentlessly efficient factory for producing idols. We are relentlessly efficient at producing idols. As Josh was praying earlier today, he says, we are icons. We point to God. And we want to take the icon and make it an idol. Worship is an expression of thank-filled joy. It is an acknowledgement of duty. And it results in an affection for God's work and God's kingdom. Verses 6 and 7. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. The word peace here is mentioned or a couple of times here. And it's not just the absence of conflict or the absence of war. It, it means a state of wholeness or fullness. It's almost as if it's saying it's the way everything's supposed to work. It points us back to the way things were before the fall. So we have this, we have a heart that is filled with thankfulness and love towards God. And when my desires are controlled by that worship of God, and then I care about the work of God, I will care about the people of God. And I will care about the kingdom of God. And I will care about the peace that is in Jerusalem. And I will care about the security that is where God dwells and the people who dwell there also. Worship of God will result in an affection for the church of Jesus Christ and for the work of God's kingdom. And then one final thought here, verses 8 and 9. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. So worship will always result in community. Look how it ends here. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. You know, love of God will always produce a love for others. You know, my struggle and my problem is not with loving others. It's not first a struggle or problem with actually loving others. My real problem is a lack of love for God. My real problem is a lack of love for God in those relationships. When I remove God from his rightful place, people are also not in their rightful place either. Consider this. You know, when I hold my most precious idol of self and I'm worshiping me and I'm focused on me, that puts a tremendous amount of stress 
on all of my relationships. Because in my worship of me, I don't move toward you because I love you. I move towards you because I love me. And when I move towards you because I love me, and if you don't give me what I want, I move away. It's a self-centered focus on the idol that we all hold most dear. It is only when God is in that rightful place in our lives when our heart is governed by a worship of him, when I am filled with that sense of thank-filled joy, and when I have a deep sense of duty to worship him, that I care about you, that I care about your well-being, that I care about your family, that I care about your walk with the Lord, that I truly care about you. It's when I have my perspective right, and I love God first, and I worship him first. So again, worship is an expression of thank-filled joy. It is an acknowledgement of duty. It is an affection for the work of the kingdom of God and, and God's work. And it results in loving and serving and patience and perseverance and giving in a community. Charles Spurgeon succinctly said, first, we love the church, then we labor for it. We see it's good and then we seek its good. Father, thank you for the truth of this. Thank you for the exuberance with which David speaks here in worshiping you. Help us, Lord, as we experience a deeper communion with you, Lord, even here at the table. Father, that you would help us to worship you more. We ask these things in your son's precious name.